This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. This is our post-match show of the dramatic 1-0 Fulham victory against Huddersfield Town. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Giannis Janais. We have a ton, and I mean a ton, to talk about in regards to this match, and we will get to that. But before I go to Giannis, I just want to mention some sad news that I learned this morning, and that is a, a fellow Fulham supporter has passed away, and I was alerted to this from Emilio. And this is someone that I actually dealt with a, a decent amount on Facebook, in this Facebook group. And his name is Mark Anthony Cutler. And uh, I just want to uh, just say my thoughts and prayers to his daughter, Mia, who actually posted this in the uh, Facebook group. And I, I feel terrible for her and her entire family. And I'm thinking of, of them right now. He's someone that, again, I, I message back and forth with and I a huge amount of respect from huge foam supporter. and. Uh, he passed away suddenly. It's very sad, and uh, I just want to just let Mia know if she's listening. I'm, I'm thinking of you and your family. Giannis, over to you. I'm sorry to start the show on uh, sad news, but uh, this is someone that I dealt with a great deal and uh, very sad. So uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I echo your thoughts there. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, my understanding is the lad was only 42, and, you yes. know, with um, – Whatever's transpired in the last 24 hours, not, nothing is more important than life. Absolutely. And, um, it's far too young to get taken from us. And, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we're all full, full and family. I echo my thoughts and prayers with me and the family. Um, I reflected that on the Facebook group last night and uh, I hope she takes care of herself. And, Absolutely. Um, and we're all thinking, we're thinking, all thinking of you, Mia. Absolutely. And just say one more time, Mia, if you are listening, uh, just know that. Giannis and I and, and Fulham supporters everywhere are thinking of you and your family. All right. Okay, my friend, let's now get into talking about this match. Boy, there is a ton to get through, and we will do our best to talk about this. Just give me your overall thoughts on the result. Let's start there, and then uh, we'll get right into this. Well, um, 
we got the three points. Uh, we're third from bottom. We're a point from safety. Uh, it was a dramatic win. I think that um, I think there would have been a few potential heart attacks out there. I think the a few supporters with pacemakers probably needed pacemakers on top on top of pacemakers. But in all the years we've done the show, um, I, I cannot remember a game that has more divided the fans about. I totally agree with you, the odds. And then, yeah, and about an incident that really, in many ways, rendered the result of the game a secondary to what happened. It was it, it was a bizarre last 10 minutes to what was a very, very ordinary game. Um, massive three points. And we've got Arsenal on New Year's Day who just got walloped by Liverpool. And so they're not going to be very happy. So we go up there on a... On a uh, we go up to um, the Emirates on a high. I'm looking forward to it. But it was... Um, it was, man, what an odd game. Giannis, there's, again, like you said, the drama, the controversial moment, which we'll talk about when we talk about the second half. There's so much to talk about with that. And like you mentioned, you almost forget because there's so much talk about that. Fulham got all three points. Yeah, That has become secondary. I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's funny. I, I think that gets lost in the shuffle, which is crazy to say. They got three points. They needed the victory. They found a way to win. And that, to me, is something that needs to come more to the forefront. And we'll obviously talk a great deal about this match. And we will get to the controversial moment when we talk about the second half. Trust me, there's a lot to talk about with that. But before we do that, I want to just go to you right now. And I was thinking about this. When you look at this match with all the drama, the result, everything that happened in this match, Give me three takeaways that you take away from it. Um, chicken chow mein, chop <laughs> suey, and fish and chips. Um, three takeaways. Um, number one, this is Mitro's team. Okay. Uh, number two, um, Scotty Parker has a very big role to play in terms of the future of... Um, Boo Boo, Camera, and even Tom Kearney at this club. And number three, the fans who last night decided to desecrate, not Twitter, uh, not Facebook, but uh, Boo Boo Kamara's uh, Instagram page, yeah. should go and support another club because um, they 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 are um, disgusting and... Uh, Whatever we think of what Boo Boo did, um, there's no place in this club for the sort of disgusting racist rhetoric that I saw and that was posted on Instagram last night on his website, which was frankly abhorrent. Um, so those are the three. Mitra's team, yep. Scotty Parker in the future, and the fans that thought it was funny funny to just use just horrible racist language against against. Uh, Boo boo last night. Glad that you mentioned that. That's again very sad that happened to a Bubakar Kamara. We're going to talk about him later on, obviously, when we talk about the controversial moment, my friend. But uh, no, I'm glad that you talked about Mitro because Mitro showed leadership. It's his team. I, I totally agree with you. And that happens when we talk about that whole situation as well. You, you really saw a leader. I've heard all this talk from the Newcastle supporters, Giannis, about 
his time up there, and he has grown up, my friend. That's what I take away from what you just said there about Mitra. Yeah, he's um he's an international player. Um, he's a recognised striker internationally. Uh, he's a team player. Um, if there weren't any more reasons to love the guy, you you were given more yesterday in terms of his reaction to the the penalty. Yep, the way he wished. Class. Uh, yeah, just absolute class. And then just the class finish um, that, that, that got us the lead and eventually got us the win. He was um, he represented everything that's always been great about our club. Yep. And um, you know, there's he just 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 I'm just in, I'm in awe of what he did. I mean, it was just amazing. And of course, it was it was Metro time, but um, just the way he presented himself was um, was just was was so special and. Um, you know, it was such a pivotal game for us. And um, if, I mean, it, just thinking for a moment, if Mitro hadn't scored that, um, we'd be talking today about Camaragate. Yes. But the dysfunctionality of what happened on the field. And also the comments of Ranieri, which... Uh, which we're going to talk about. And he's taken a lot of stick, I think, for uh, the way he came out with it, but... Ranieri is one of the most respected uh, club coaches in the world, and um, I don't think I've ever seen him that angry. And for him to say, "Look, you know, I've never seen anything like this all my life," the guy's sixty-seven. To say what he said will tell you the level of venom that he felt. Probably, it is immediately after the game, mind. Yep. But I don't think that would have necessarily subsided this morning. He will be a very upset cat although I, I still suspect that he won't be the one the club will deal with camera but at the end of the day it won't be he that's going to have to sort of lead the foot you know the way forward for this player i i, I go and i'll re, i'll explain later why scott parker yes I think please do later yeah he's a very very important cog here in terms of what's going to happen in terms of his future at the club okay excellent yeah so those are three very good takeaways from this match and uh i'll give mine now and uh I'll start here because we're, we're going to get into this in just a bit. The first half performance was horrific from Fulham. I do not know why they came out so conservatively. And they did not, again, press whatsoever. They did not go into this match for whatever reason to win it. They looked like they were playing not to lose. And that drove me crazy in the first half. That's number one takeaway. But the second takeaway is the performance in the second half where – they took it over and they found a way to win and they wanted it more. So they, again, a match of two halves. Those are my first two takeaways. And the third takeaway has to be this controversial moment that we're going to be talking about because it, we're going to be discussing this about several players. And uh, it's going to be interesting when we get there because that, as you mentioned earlier, has taken over what was a very important three points for Fulham. Think about it. The penalty situation has overridden the fact that Fulham got three points that they needed to get. Yeah. Absolutely needed. So we will talk about that. That has to be one of my takeaways because it's all over social media. It's everywhere. I've watched it on TV over here. It has been a blown up into a big thing. Obviously, we need to talk about it. So that's my third takeaway, Giannis. But let's uh, move on. Let's, before we talk about the starting level in the 18, you already mentioned 
Claudio Ranieri after the match. And I've watched several interviews from him. I'm just going to read some quotes to you from the manager reaction. And then uh, I have a quote from the BBC as well that I will read. So this is from the manager reaction first. This is what Claudio said after the match. He's talking about Kamara. Quote, it's not possible to explain or maybe it's easy to explain. When the man thinks only of himself, it's not right. He didn't respect me, the club, his teammates, the crowd. He took the penalty. He didn't listen because he wanted to shoot. It's unbelievable. It's the first time in my life. Sometimes there is two players, but at the end, there is respect for the man who is the nominated penalty taker. I will not accept Kamara taking the ball and wanting to shoot, unquote. And that's from Claudio. And then I watched a a video from the BBC with his interview after the the match. And again, he was talking about, this is Claudio was interviewed and he said this about when Kamara did not score the penalty, quote, I wanted to kill him, unquote. Obviously, he is caught up in the moment, but again, to say that actually people had sent that to me. They wanted me to mention that so we could talk about that line, Giannis. So give me your thoughts on Ranieri. You've already talked a little bit about it. And uh, do you agree with how he handled himself after the match? And then I'll share my thoughts on it. Yeah, I do. I do agree with him because um, instead of looking at it and saying, okay, we won the three points, he's still shaken uh, by the fact that what amounted to insubordination, because that's what it was, almost completely derailed our season. One act of madness uh, almost cost us two humongous points because his his interpretation is that the penalty taker had been designated and Camera selfishly decided he was going to take it because he'd won the penalty. And so he went against orders. And hence the reference to the fact that he wanted to kill him. Yeah. Uh, you, he, he made he made comments about bringing you know bringing you know disrespect in the team. There's another word that I would another phrase I'd, I'd use, and that was actually bringing the club into disrepute. And okay. uh, what he did was um, I, I think I said to you in a Facebook post last night it smacked a little bit. And as much as I am a fan of his, um, and he's, you know, it was a bit Balotelli-ish. Yeah, you did say that. Uh, That's the sort of thing that he would have done not so very long ago. And um, to do it in front of your home fans, you know, was was a real shock. And and there was so much that was wrong. He's grabbed the ball like a four-year-old playing with Lego. And... Mitro's pleading with him to give the ball back. And you've got Kearney standing there like a three-legged lemon. And you've got Ranieri screaming for the bench. And you can see that the, the, the you know, the, the Fulham supporters, the hammy end screaming to give him the ball back. It was, you know, it was... So it was like a team in disarray, yes. That's what really was horrible about it. Yeah, and it led to more, you know, more shenanigans. I mean, the you know the line of the line of argument that well i pay my money therefore i should boo whoever i want we're well, going to talk about that when we uh, get to and, the- that's, 
and it's wrong because it, it, I agree um, with you, and we'll we'll get into that in more detail because I want to talk about that. I've had people contact me about the bullying. Yeah. I have strong views on that, and yeah. uh, we'll talk about that, my friend. But people, but, were angry. people were angry. People were very angry, and, and Ranieri was. And I and, and to be honest with you, if I had been in his position, I'd probably have said exactly the same thing. I, I'd have been equally pissed because he. Um, he put himself ahead of the team. He did. I agree with all that. So, totally agree, Giannis. My point of view, just to talk about this, is a little bit different. I understand where you're coming from, but as the manager of Fulham Football Club, this is just the way that I've grown up with the teams I follow. I would rather him talk about it without calling out the player, saying the disrespect. Keep that between him and the team instead of making that public and then also saying – I wanted to kill him as another quote. Again, I understand it's in the heat of the moment, but I wish he would not have made that public, Giannis, because it looks like a team in disarray when he says that. And there has to be united front. They have to act like a team. and But that starts from him. So that's why I did not like the way that he approached this. I wish he would have answered it without calling out Kamara. Thoughts on I- what I just shared? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the reason he might have done it the way he did was to get the message across to camera of the um, the level and the extent to what he did. I understand what you're saying in terms of you know uh, don't air your laund- your dirty laundry in public. I understand right. that, but Ranier is only human, and and I think he he must have stood there you know, on the sidelines in shock at what was going on. And for the next few minutes, he must have been in absolutely enraged as he was at the end of the game. Yes. Um, there's two schools of thought here. The, the one is, um, you know, um, don't air it in public, public, do it behind closed doors, discipline. Right, the that's public. what I would have done. Right. The other is, uh, if you're pissed off, tell everybody, you know, I know that, um, if you go back to, I'm, I'm going back th- three decades, but um, if you're going back to the days of Brian Clough, who I g- greatly respected and admired, Cloughy would have had something to say. Um, I don't, I don't think it's. Um, I think he might have done that to pr- also to protect um, the commitment and integrity of the other players. I think that uh, what Mitra did was such a noble thing. He probably thought, "Well, no, why should why should I let camera get away with it?" Uh, you know, I want I want the public to know how a manager feels. Right. When he gives a, an order, you know, the, in the army, you know what that would what would happen there, or, or the, any of the forces. And he's been given a direct order, and he's disobeyed the order, and he's done it for for his own little selfish reasons. And he's gone against team. I policy. agree with all of that, Giannis. I, I listen. I totally agree with the fact that Kamara was completely, utterly out of line and deserves all the blame for that situation. I just look at Ranieri, who I respect a great deal, and I think is doing a very good job so far for Fulham Football Club. And maybe this is just me, the way that I look at things. I wouldn't have done it. I would have tried to show strength by just looking at this, talking about the incident, but saying, hey, listen, we got the three points and trying to concentrate on the fact that we won this match. 
Yeah, and that's one of the dangers I think of having the, the you know, the, the media interview so soon after the game. Yeah. Because you know they've just come off the game, they've had their little catal, they've wiped their noses, maybe gone to gone to gone to the toilet, and then suddenly you have got cameras and lights in your face. You know, Mr. Ranieri, what do you think? Well, you know, his blood pressure's got gone through the roof. He's not thinking of buying pasta for the boys. Well, he might be thinking of buying pasta for um, camera, but it might be laced with something um, because he's, he's fuming. You know, he, yeah. I mean, when, once the dust settled, he'll be he'll be very happy with the result. Sure, but he'll be he'll be shaken. He'll be shaken by that, and he's going to have to do. He's going to have to make a decision for the be, for the betterment of the club in terms of, of the way forward. He's going to. It's going to be a very interesting weekend because I suspect that the coaching staff will have got together even today and said, okay, you know, Shay Khan was there yesterday as well. I saw him. And, and he wouldn't have wanted to see. He wouldn't have wanted to see that. And I'm sure they'll say, "Okay, what do we do? How do we nip this in the bud? What do we do here to address this?" Because we have a lot of ups, uh, supporters who are very, very upset by what happened. That's right. And we have to be united in our front. So whatever we do, we have to send a very clear and a very strong message that nobody is ever ahead of the team. Like nobody's ever been ahead of the team. In the, Absolutely, in the- couldn't agree more, Giannis. And so. It's going to be an interesting yeah. next 48 hours to see how that plays out with the, the press conference tomorrow um, in terms of the lineup on Tuesday against yep. the battered and beaten up Arsenal. But um, I, I see a point. A, a Belichick wouldn't have done that. I just no. think Ran, I think it's probably um, indicative of, of just the anger he felt at the time when the cameras yeah. rolled. Right. And like you mentioned, it happened right afterwards and he's still fuming from it. So I, I guess I could understand where that is. I, I just wish that he did not do it. That's just my point of view on that, Giannis. And uh, obviously you have a very strong view. I have a strong view, but that's what's great about doing the show is we can just share what we feel about the situation. But the one thing that I took out of just our conversation here, and I couldn't agree with you more, it's going to be the response from this fiasco that could actually shape the rest of the season how do they react to it how does Ranieri and his coaching staff react to it how do they convey that to the players to come together because now actually you have an opportunity to take a huge negative and make it a positive you already have the victory so now take this negative situation with Kamara and turn it into a positive that's what's going to be interesting the next couple days I'm glad that you brought that up all right let's move on Let's talk about the starting 11, my friend, and the 18 overall. What were your thoughts an hour before the match? Um, well, I mean, the, the, the first thing was uh, no Sherla. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which was good news. Um, I was uh, camera on the bench, a bit disappointing that. Sess on the bench, disappointing. Vieto, well, I suppose... You know, people have been saying, give him, give him a try. Fair enough. No K-Mac on the bench. No. Nope. Cissé was in there. No no place for uh, Neskins Cabana. Um, it, looked, it looked a decent lineup. Um, I thought that, um, I thought we played well enough against Wolves to have got something to maybe nicked it. We didn't. But if you looked at Huddersfield, um, Wagner's done, a, I think, a, an incredible job at Huddersfield Town. And yes. he, um, he's, he's someone I've got an, 
enormous amount of respect for. But let's be honest, when we played up up there a few weeks ago, we were absolutely shocking, absolutely terrible. I don't even. It was just 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 dire. It was horrible. Um, it was a horrible performance, and um, they don't. I mean, when you got players like Mooney who hasn't scored in seventy four years, you know, where they just they've got no confidence. They've lost six on the spin. I've got a very good friend of mine. You remember the um, you saw um, on my Facebook page a teacher I worked with. Yes. Yeah, he's a Huddersfield town supporter, and his family are all from Huddersfield. So we had a bet. Um, going for this one that the, the loser has to wear the opposite uh, person's jersey. <laughs> Paul Blake, he's got to wear a Fulham jersey. I've got it all ready. Oh, that's him. great. But we spoke on the phone um, on Friday night and he said, I, I can't see us getting anything. Just right now, they are really, really struggling. Ironically, though, th- although the lineup was good, I mean, I thought, okay, right, it, it's, it's fairly attack-minded. We should yep. be able to really get out of these buggers. We just come off two good draws up at St James's Park, and again and against Wolves, and yet we came out as flat as a proverbial pancake. Absolutely, it was the most bizarre first half. And I saw your comments, you know, on social media. You were suitably annoyed. I was more bemused than anything else because it looked like, you know, it looked like we'd just woken up five minutes before and had a, hadn't had a warm up. We just looked discombobulated, and we looked disorganised, and we didn't yep. like we were up for the fight. And that was worrisome um, with with a lineup that looked like it was fairly attacking where I thought we would have caused them a lot more problems in the first half than we did. I agree, Yanis, and that's why I was actually encouraged by the starting 11 because I, I thought it was going to be more attack-minded, but that's not how it played out, and that's what really disappointed me. And you saw my frustration on Twitter because I could not believe that's what I just watched. And I don't normally comment during full matches. I don't because I would rather just watch it, just keep it to myself, and actually leave it for the show. But it was so horrible and so deflating watching this, thinking to myself, this is such an important match, and this is how they came out. This is how they approached it. I didn't get it. And I was very upset, and I basically said they needed to get their behinds in gear in the second half and change things up, which they ended up doing. But let's go to the first half, and uh, I actually read this, in our full-time show, uh, anyone that listened to the full-time show will know that I, I read this out from Matt Smith because Matt messaged me during the second half because he was befuddled by the approach in the first half. He just asked the question, so I'm going to read it to you again and get your thoughts on it. Emilio shared his thoughts, and I want yours as well. Our co-host Matt Smith messaged me this. Is there a chance Ranieri played the first half that way on purpose with the thought of doing what he's doing now in the second half. Like I mentioned, I got the message during the second half. What are your thoughts on that? Because was there an approach just to keep it tight in the first half possibly and then go at them in the second half? Or is this more just on the players not really doing their job? Well, if it was the former, then it's Russian roulette. Because you really, I don't care whether you're playing Huddersfield or Real Madrid, you, you, you're still playing you're still playing a Premier League side who might be bottom, but have already beaten us this year. So you can't take that chance to say, okay, let's fall asleep and then we'll wake up in the second half. Um, I thought Huddersfield were decent in the first half and in a half time they were the better side. Um, I just think we looked totally confused. We just, we just didn't want to be up for the races and you could sense 
the frustration in, the, in terms of the level of passing, the lack of movement, the frustration from the fans, the body language of Ranieri and the coaching staff on the sidelines, it wasn't working. It just no. wasn't working. And, you know, I thought, oh, God, we're going to have we're gonna have one of those days. We're going to, we, we can't, we've got to be able to get out this. And, and Vieta was having a, especially in the first half, was having a stinker. Yep. And yep. we're just all scratching our heads thinking, oh, you know, we're all thinking, oh, when is it Cess time? When's <laughs> the camera going to come on? When can we change this up? Um, I think that Huddersfield, without really creating a lot, would have felt a little aggrieved only to go in the half at nil-nil. And I think we'd have felt very relieved. If um, Ranieri has an Italian hairdryer, I'm sure he might have used it half-time and said, oh, we got to, because we looked, uh, you know, we, we looked uh, frazzled. Irony of ironies, Mawson had to come off. And... Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a second. Yeah, and unfortunate. Yeah, and it, it seemed, it seemed, you know, it was the double substitution, but um, it seemed to work. It, it, I mean, it, it did seem to work. But the first half against the better side, we'd, we'd have, without, you know, we weren't, they didn't trouble us, Russ. No, they, they didn't. didn't like we were going to create anything. So it was just, it was a boring half between two teams at the bottom of the division that really didn't. It wasn't a good advert for Premier League football first half. I don't think there were many fans after I would have gone, oh, cr- lordy lord, that was a cracker of a first half. <laughs> it was more of the same in the second. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was, it was was substandard. And um, so I needed some changes at halftime to liven things up. Okay, yes. And again, what was so disappointing for me, as I already mentioned earlier on, is that the first half was full and playing like a team that, did not want to lose. And what really drove me crazy, and, and then we'll just go through some key moments, and there really aren't any really great moments in the first half, is that we weren't closing them down. We were letting them have the ball. And that, to me, is what frustrated me because we saw a completely different approach in the second half. And uh, I have a feeling that's what happened at halftime, like you mentioned earlier, with Ranieri. Yeah, I, I'd, have, I'd have been very ticked. Uh, I'd have been very ticked. We, we really came out delky dozy sleepy at the start of the game. And uh, had they scored in the first half, we'd have been in real trouble because they showed, you know, up in you know in Yorkshire that uh, once they got the lead, they were very very difficult to break down as poorly as we right. did play that night. Um, teams at the bottom feed off, you know, they feed off any little bit of confidence they can get. And, uh, and and momentum and uh, having known that they'd have already beaten us, they'll have known that if they went a goal up again, they'd have felt fairly comfortable or confident they could have taken the three points, which would have been massive. They knew it was, both teams knew it was a six-pointer because you got a point between the two and Huddersfield are playing Burnley on New Year's Day. So it was a huge game for Huddersfield and um, they probably fancied their chances. But but the way that the first half transpired for us, it didn't look like we could have scored in a month of Sundays. And um, with the changes that were needed at halftime, we needed to just a, we needed a blood transfusion that was going to inject some pace and some wherewithal, um, and just get the the fans fired up as well. Right, the fans were, were were flat, and obviously some were nervous. And the Huddersfield fans were having a good sing song because they were enjoying proceedings and um, they were feeding off our lack of energy. Yep. 
And uh, so it was it was massively vital that the halftime team talk from Ranieri was um, suitably vocal, I'm sure language laden, uh, to get them off their keister to sort things out. And uh, luckily for us, uh, we came out with a much more um, positive approach at the start of the second half. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before I do, I'm just going to mention just some key moments. Like I said, there's nothing really earth-shattering to mention. I just want to just talk about it briefly. Early on, you have the eighth-minute shot by Billing for Huddersfield Town. And then in the 21st minute, you do have a header from Mitro that goes over from a corner. And uh, a little bit later on, in the 28th minute, you have Mitro going wide from a corner again. And then in the 35th minute, you have a, a save by Rico on a Mounier shot. Yeah. And six minutes later, you have a shot by Pritchard for Huddersfield Town. But there really wasn't much in it for Fulham. And honestly, like you had mentioned, Giannis, there wasn't this really uh, difficult situation for Rico or the defense to really deal with. They had all the possession. They were controlling the play. But they weren't really doing enough to score the goal. They, they would probably feel that they deserved it, but they honestly did not do enough or they would have scored the goal. That's the way I look at it. And they probably felt disappointed that they got nothing from that first half. So then we switch to the second half. And let's start here, Yanis, because I, I think this situation is pivotal. The decision in halftime. Again, part of it was forced. Mawson is now, we're learning, was injured and that um, Ranieri had to take him off and he brought on Le Marchand. And on top of it, then he makes the decision to bring Kamara on and take off Sari. And then they switch things around a little bit, and you have Tom Kearney playing that role, which turned out to be a very good thing. It also came out in the um, interviews with Ranieri that he actually wanted to make another substitution at that time to bring Sess on, but couldn't because of the injury to Moss. And that's the reason why you saw Sessignon coming on so late. He could not yeah. do all three at that point. He had to wait. And then, of course, Yanis, I also want to mention, this also came out that I think we have to talk about because you talked, your first takeaway is Mitro. Apparently, Alexander Mitrovich was dealing with uh, a fever. And, uh, you know, again, I think he got over it before the match, but he was dealing with that. So here's a player that, again, gives you everything that he can and shows leadership and was dealing with, with that on top of all of this. And so turning point in the match, I think, is the decisions, Giannis, that were made at halftime. Your thoughts? Big time. Um, big time. I mean, start with Mitro first. I mean, that's – what more can we say about him? I mean, just, you know, sick, dead or dying, and he's and he's there and he's coming out and he's, he's putting in an absolute shift, as he always does. Um the Cess thing that made sense that the Marson injury, Marson injured again. Yeah. Doesn't help us. No. Um, although I thought the mushroom played very well second half. The Cameron one was going to be, a ta- it was a tactical one to get Kenny back in the middle and it seemed to work. Yes. Good. Um, I think um, he wanted to give Vieto a good run out. Vieto I thought was better in the second half. Um, but Cess is a catalyst and Cess is a catalyst, not least of which because his, his soccer brain is um, far exceeds and his maturity is as well. You know, I, I just, I, I, it's incredible to think that, you know, I think I said in the Facebook post that, you know, Cameron could learn some really, really hard lessons from his 18 year old teammate. I totally agree. Unbelievable. Um, 
he came on suddenly gave us that a little bit of an edge and and that um you know we'll get to the, the winning goal but that was just a, a thing of pure genius pure class counter-attacking soccer at its very very best absolutely front and center had to be a pin point pass um to to make sure that Mitro was caught onside Mitro, you know just i'd, I'd say just give him Give him the armband now. Just give him the armband. Just he's our leader on the field. He's showing um, it. Oh yeah, he's yeah. He was. He's been magnificent. I'm glad that time. you've really emphasized that in this show, Giannis. Because oh, when yeah. I look back at the match and the interactions and everything that went down, that's a great first takeaway. The leadership of Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah, he's, he's he really he absolutely he, he's a, he's a warrior. He was a warrior last year. He was integral to that incredible run that we had under Slava. And it's not like he's not played well this year. He has. He's been snake-bitten by some, you know, some very good goalkeeping. Um, and good goalkeeping in just inches either way. Um, but he was magnificent yesterday. And um, he really, really led the line like he's always done. And um, But the, the subs, I thought, had a, a positive... They all had a positive effect. I think maybe in many ways the most significant had to be Le Marchand because Morrison, I thought, was playing well in the first half. And Le Marchand, has, you know, he's gradually grown into his role and, and the speed and wherewithal that's required to play at this division. I think he's been a... I thought he, he held his own, Giannis. Yeah, he did. And, and you know, he was by, considered by many to be the throw-in to the Serri deal. And, and yet he's, to me, far more impressed than Serri has. Uh, and um, did a very, very good job um, in the second half, and he gave us the stability to play alongside, um, you know, a doy to just to provide some balance, and I really didn't think there was any way that they were going to break us down um, in the second half. He's, he's, he's a good player, and he's a, a no-nonsense player, and um, although, you know, it was it was a blow to lose Mosson, it's great to be able to call someone in with the experience of Le Marchand off the bench to help us. And and let's not forget, this is one one goal we've conceded in the last three games. Actually, it's really it's three and a half plus twenty if you go back to the West Ham game, and and that's just that's tremendous. Um, and I mean, we can keep this going. Arsenal's not going to be easy, but Arsenal are going to be in a right. You know, this is a huge hammer blow. Them losing, I mean, they didn't get beaten up by Liverpool. They got walloped. Oh yes, and so uh, the you know the the Arsenal fans will hardly be impressed with this. So um, we're going full of, of of jolly beans. So we can play with the same sort of discipline. I assume Le Marchand plays on Tuesday. Yep, I, I would have But the subs, I think, made a huge difference. Second, no, half. and and that to me is key, and that's why I wanted to talk about that because there was no drop off. And Mawson has played very well, and uh, let's just hope this injury to him is not serious because he will be a huge loss. But it's good to know that you can just slot in another player and you don't have this massive drop-off, which you could have. You didn't have that. So that's why I want to throw that in as, you know, again, a turning point because it could have turned badly if he did not step up, and he did step up, and he just slotted right in, and it worked. And Giannis, what's very interesting, because I just noticed right from the get-go, Fulmore a different side. They were closing down. They were getting after Huddersfield Town, which was completely different from the first half. So, like you mentioned, I think a conversation happened at halftime, and there was a complete change. And you just saw that right from the beginning. And, 
again, let's just talk about real quickly. You have in the 48th minute off of a free kick, Chambers actually heads it towards Adoy. Unfortunately, he just missed it. That was an opportunity. That was just the starting point. And then in the 58th minute, you have Fulham moving the ball around real well. And unfortunately, Joe Bryan's shot wasn't powerful enough and really didn't test the goalkeeper. But again, another opportunity. Then you have a wonderful opportunity four minutes later, my friend. This is what I wanted to see from Joe Bryan. More crosses into the box. Perfect to Mitro and a very good save by the goalkeeper. So let's talk about the momentum that was building here, my friend, because you could see it up to the shot from Mitrovic that Fulham were in the ascendancy and looking like they could score. Yeah, and it's funny, a player that you mentioned twice there, Joe Bryan, I thought he had a a pretty solid game. I think he liked that shot back because he he was too intent to try and place it when he should have probably walloped it. Yeah, there was no power behind it. No power behind it, right. But the cross to Mitro, and that was a very, very good save by Lussell um, because it was really, it was flying in near post. He was as quick as a cat. And um, and I was thinking, oh, here we go. He's going to be snake bitten again. Brian, I thought, made some very, very good runs. He's now beginning to settle down in his role. Remember, you know, he's come from Bristol City, and there's no disrespect to this Bristol City, but still championship soccer. And he's yep. he's now beginning to look, he's beginning to look accomplished now. Um, he's, he's, he's getting this. Sure it does take time, but you've got to get used to the pace and, uh, the tenacity and the skill and the, the, the you know the the discipline and, and the formational nuances of, that is the Premier League. It's it, it's such a different division. It's certainly a learning division. It can be a huge learning curve. And um, Brian has in, in recent games has impressed me because he you know he had been injured but he's come back. He's he's a full fitness and uh, he's a clever player and he can certainly cross the ball. That'd have been a lovely goal because it came. It was whipped in at pace. And um, Mitch has Great done well front of the right back, and it's 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 a good header, but a good save, and and we're showing that we we were creating chances, something we hadn't done in the first half. Right. And I thought it was just a matter of time before we were able to get the opening. That's the way I was looking at it, Giannis, because I could just see it starting to build, and it was the exact opposite that we saw in the first half. And I said, okay, Fulham are definitely going to put them in a situation to win this match if they can get that goal, and obviously that comes unfortunately later, but here's something I want to talk to you about your thoughts about which happened afterwards, the yellow from Cyrus Christie. Um, the Huddersfield, Blake and I were talking about this last night. Uh, he thought it should have been a red. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Okay. Last night. I wanted um, to ask you. Yeah. I, I, I think that was a yellow. Um, I thought, I thought Kevin friend, was fairly consistent yesterday refereeing. There were a couple of naughty challenges that went in that, that uh, he didn't um, he didn't call. But overall, um, I thought he did a decent job. Um, to me, that's a yellow card, and I didn't I didn't see that. I mean, I, I know Pritchard was having a moan and a groan about it, but um, I didn't see the rest of the Huddersfield players, you know, remonstrate too much about it. In fact, they didn't even remonstrate with the, with the penalty. You know, it was. Um, I think to me it was a clear penalty, and um, he got the yellow. Um, some refs might have given the red. If he'd given the red there, then first it would have been harsh, and secondly, that would have been a game changer. But luckily for it, absolutely. Okay, very good. That's why I wanted to ask you, if, because I've I've seen some talk about that moment, and uh, so you don't think that it was a red? So let's well, move on from that. 
my friend. All right, let's then talk about in the 70th minute, you have a shot from Abubakar Kamara. You have a shot from him. Then the next pivotal moment in the 76th minute, Sassignon comes on for Vieto. As we talked about earlier, he would have come on earlier, but you had the injury to Mawson, so Ranieri had to wait. And uh, thankfully, he was able to get Sassignon on because he made an impact. All right, my friend, it's time to talk about the controversial moment in this match. And there are several things that we need to talk about in regards to this. So first of all, let's talk about how it all happened. You have Joe Bryan. It looked like a cross that actually almost went in. And the goalkeeper actually, I think, got his hand on it. And next thing you know, it gets to a Kamara. And the Huddersfield Town player, as he hits it, hits his arm. So let's just take it from there. Let's talk about that before we talk about what happened after that. What, What were your thoughts about that clear penalty? Yeah, clear penalty. No reaction from the Huddersfield players. Um, you know, uh, Wagner was in passive on the side. Didn't even, you know that you know that it's a clear penalty if he's not even going to talk to the fourth official. And we're thinking, oh, this is the lifeline. We finally, finally got the chance to, to stick it in the back of the net. And then the next thing you know, the ball's <laughs> in camera's hand. And yeah. um Mitchell's walking up to him, going, give me the ball. It's mine. Give it to me. No, you're not having it. Yes. Tom Kearney standing in the background, um, looking at the bench. Um, Obviously, Ranier is going, oi, Mitchell takes the ball. Cameron's going, no, he's not having it. Not going to happen. The fans are yelling at him, give it to Mitchell. He's going, I'm still not giving it to you. Um, And, I mean, I get to the whole shenanigans and nonsense of it i could probably the quote from alan shearer last night um i wrote it down by the way lack of professionalism is what i took away from alan shearer and he said the manager was absolutely right and fuming you can't do it so then the mitchell class that mitchell is uh, because the, the thing is this when you've got a club captain the club captain is the manager on the field he's he's the um he's the general who's you know in charge of the 11 players on the field. And um, Tom Kearney is our club captain. And that's the one where uh, Kearney says, right, oi, you're not taking it. Mitra's taking it. I'm the captain. Right. Um, Coach says he's taking it. Give us the ball back. That's it. That's it. You know, it's it's one, I mean, you, it's one thing to, to display insubordination towards a coach. I think it's a little different when you do it to one of your peers, you know, and as a captain, he's got the oh. right to say, you know, this is not, this is what's going to happen. But Kearney looked totally confused. In fact, I would say Kearney was, looked like a scared cat. He was intimidated. Cameron's yep. a big boy. We know, we all know that. And he looked, he looked like a frightened rabbit. And um, instead of doing what he should have done, which is as club captain said, you're not taking it. Mitra's taking it. Give me the ball back. End of story. He didn't step in. And and that was one of the talking points that came out was the lack of leadership there from Kane. Absolutely, Giannis. And, and that's something that uh, Emilio mentioned on full time. He was very vocal about Kearney. And that's a part of this that we, I'm glad that you've started off talking about. Obviously, we're going to talk about Kamara's actions, which were terrible. Yeah. And that is the number one. But we also need to talk about Kearney because yeah. – if you're the captain, you need to show leadership and you need to say, hey, I'm in charge here. 
You're not taking it. And I agree with you. I think he was intimidated by Kamara and did not do what he needed to do. So I understand where Emilio's coming on that because you need a captain that's going to take charge, and he did not take charge of the situation. And, again, I want to make sure I'm perfectly clear on this. I thought Tom Kearney, when he played centrally, I, I think that changed the match as well for Fulham. I, I, yes. Again, I, I thought that was a huge positive. I thought he played well in the second half. Yeah. But a club captain needs to show leadership and, as Emilio said, balls. And he did not do that in this situation, Giannis. Yeah, he lost the room, actually. He's he's lost. He, he um, The club captain has the respect of everybody in that room. By by doing what, by not doing what he should have done yesterday, he lost the room. I, I don't um, – that's why I'm curious to hear what's going to happen in the next few days because, for me, I don't believe Tom Tom Kearney should continue as club captain. I think okay. I don't. I don't think he has. To me, he lost the respect of his teammates by failing to do, undertake the duties of a captain in that particular situation, at a critical time in a critical game when he needed to step up. Because remember, yep. as the club captain, he's the extension of the manager and the coaching staff on exactly. the field. Exactly. Exactly. And he didn't do it. He didn't do his job, my friend. He just did not do his job. And and I know some people are going to be disappointed with my view on this, but I'm glad that Emilio brought this to the forefront in full time because it's a very good point. He needs to be doing his job. He is an extension of Ranieri. He is. And he needs to take charge, and he did not take charge. Like I said, he played well, but in this incident, this time, he did not do what I think he needed to do. All right. Yeah. Other things we have to talk about this. Like I said, there's so much to talk about with this situation. Let's now focus on Mitro before we talk about Abubakar Kamara. I thought Mitro, you've already talked about this, showed class, leadership. He gives him a kiss, basically for good luck for the shot, and stepped aside and let Kamara take it. Let's talk about, because this is where you talked about with your first takeaway, this is where he showed his leadership. Big time. Big time, and that's the next step. The next step is take the armband away from Mr. Kearney, give it, give it to uh, Mitro. It's his team. Um, he's undoubtedly the leader of this team. Um, he has the respect of everybody on the team. He works as hard as, if not harder than any everybody on the team. Uh, just you know, true leadership, true yeah. leadership, and um, you know he wasn't in the position yesterday to get in the face of camera to say you're not taking the penalty because he's not the captain that was Kearney's role uh, he had every right to be angry yesterday that he didn't take the penalty but he was magnanimous to, to wish the lad luck which which is, is sort of shocking in itself because when Mitra scored the winner the last one to go over and celebrate with him was camera yeah and to me that was, that was petulant so it's absolute worst and it was just it, it was uh, he's just bailed your ass out, and he he's did. bailed the club's ass out, and and you go over there, you know, sort of haphazardly to celebrate, and I'm thinking, well, I, I don't I don't really think I'm I believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing. They say you know sometimes the the measure of the man is, um, it t- sometimes it takes one instance or one occurrence to see a person for who they really are. Yeah, and I think as a personally, having played the game, you could look at the commitment of Camera when he came on, and I thought he did well. You can look at his passion and what have you, 
but it takes something like that to switch me off forever. Because if if you can't if you can't make a decision, he for put the himself best, above the team. Yes, he puts and, him, yeah, he put and, himself. And I can't get past that either. No, it's t- it, I, I can't either. No, there's no way. I, I it, it's right now. It's very difficult for me to look past. It, I can't see him in a Fulham shirt again, j- just because I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, as it's, and I'll mention a bit. We're maybe and Scott Parker may have to be the person who's going to. That's right. You talked about that. Yeah, I think he may have to be the one that facilitates this. But right now, you know, how can he go onto a field and look at the other ten players, look around them, and then look at him and respect him for what he did? Because the, the, in the same way as well, he's going to have to apologize in, in my book. I mean, he's going to have to say something to his teammates. Well, that's the thing. He refused to apologize after the game, and that's the thing. Ranieri said. I, I asked him what happened, and he, he refused to apologize. He did nothing wrong. He was defiant about it. Well, I mean, if this guy is defiant, despite everything that happened, why do we want him there? What the, Fair point. You know, I, I, I don't want to – I mean, if he came up and said, oh, man, I, I'm sorry, coach, I screwed up. I'm so – you know, I'm young and foolish. That was a dumb move. Um, I'll have to learn my I lesson. take responsibility. Yeah, he didn't. He refused, and that's why Ranier was so upset. He said, I've never seen – remember, he wasn't – his anger at the end of the game in front of the cameras wasn't just the fact that camera refused to give Mitchell the ball. It was the fact that he'd just spoken to camera and said, what were you doing? Take responsibility. And he refused to take it. Let's not forget that was that level of anger that was yeah. added on top of the penalty. We said, I've, I've never seen this all my life. I've never, ever seen anybody do this. Yeah. So he had, you know, again, behind closed doors thing would work. But when you've gone back in the change room and said, what, what was that? Well, I'm, I don't regret it. I did the right thing. Crying, I'm surprised he didn't come blood spattered back in the, in, into the media room. Because, um, you know, I'd be just, just, I'd be livid. If that was an amateur game, Russ, he'd have been cut. Yeah, no, I, listen, I totally agree with you, Giannis. And, and, and I want to share this because in, in past shows, I said that Abubakar Kamara was a team player that he gives you a hundred percent. And I have to say I was wrong because he does that when he's out there, but is he doing it for himself or is he doing it for his team? Because this incident makes me rethink all of this because he put himself above the team. You just don't do that. You make it about yourself instead of the team, the team. It starts with the team. And I really, I'm so disappointed in Abubakar Kamara because I'm one that's actually defended him at times. I can't defend this at all, and I'm actually disgusted by it. But with all that said, my friend, with being disgusted with Abubakar Kamara, how he treated it, I have to say this before we move on from this incident. Obviously, Kamara misses it, and it's a horrible situation. He misses it. But what has transpired after that, I want your thoughts on this because, again, I'm not there. You're not there. So people might not like the fact that we're commenting on this, but you know what? Yeah. We're going to comment on it because I'm a fan too. You're yeah. a fan too, Giannis. Yeah. I don't like booing your own players. I, In fact, I, I really don't like it at all. I, That's just me. I don't understand. What are you expecting to do by booing your own player? Do you think you're going to get more out of that player by doing it? Probably it's going to be the exact opposite. You're making it harder on that player. And regardless of what Kamara did, I don't agree with booing your own players. And I have strong views on this. You know, again, I'll even mention this. My father, 
you know, passed away a few years ago. I love my father a great deal. And I'm just going to say this. It always got to me. I never understood why he would boo Red Sox players, why he would heckle Red Sox players. I never understood it to this day. I, I wouldn't do something like that. And um, another example I'm going to give you, Giannis, and, and this deals with the New England Patriots. I was thinking about this. I, I will never understand this because it goes to the whole situation with Abubakar Kamara. I don't understand when fans do this. Adam Vinatieri returns to play against the New England Patriots, and he is booed. And you know who Adam Vinatieri is. I certainly do, yes. Okay. How do you boo a legend of the team? And it got underneath my skin then. And it brought me back to just thinking about the whole situation and brings me to the situation with with the fans. You, yes, you have a right. You paid your your ticket. You can do what you want. You you can boo him. You can do that. I just disagree with it. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, with you're right. They got the fans have got the right to to. I mean, they pay their money. They they have every right to do it. They do. Yeah, they had um, and and sometimes there was one fan on Facebook said. But I just disagree with it. Yeah, I mean, one fan on Facebook last night said, I've only ever booed three players at a full-on game. One was Darren Bent, um, one was um, Clint Dempsey, and one was Boo Boo. Um, the problem is, I mean, I, 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 in all the years I went to Cottage, I can't say, I booed the team. Yeah, yeah, booed the, t- yeah, booed the team if they put in a lackluster performance. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that's a generic thing. I mean, that's, it's not directed at anybody in particular. It's, it's directed at the team if they've not played well, yeah. But um, I, I can honestly, I hand on heart, say I never booed a player. And um, it was um, it was an ugly situation. You, you could see it. The fans were very, very angry. Um, the coaches were very angry. It took a couple of minutes, really, to get over the shock that, that Boo Boo had missed the penalty. And... Um, that level of venom really carried on late into the night and in, into this morning. Right, Giannis. Talking about the Instagram situation. Yeah. Again, you know, that to me is just disgusting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's absolutely appalling. There, there are fans out there using the N-word. Um, there, there was one fan who was talking about, if I see you in the street, I'll, you know, beat the, the buggers out of you. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. The guy's a huge guy. But nonetheless, I mean, you're advocating violence and you're using disgusting racial, uh, racist language. There's no place uh, for that anywhere. There's no place for, and there's no place for that. It makes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that these are Chelsea trolls um, that just went on there to have a bit of fun. But if they're Fulham fans, just, just don't bother. Just, just go and, go and support yeah. someone else. We, we don't need you. He, you know, I'm not, and it's not taking anything away from the, from the gravity of what Camera did yesterday. Right. Um, you've got to I let can the- separate the two. What he did was horrible, but to then do what happened after that, I, I, I can't get behind. Especially, like you said, the Instagram thing is, is, is reprehensible. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's dis- it, it really is disgusting. And, 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 you know, we live in, you know, I think people need to, I say this to students all the time. Um, I say, um, think before you. You know, think before you 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 write something. Or you My type. father always said that to me, Giannis. It's very yeah. important. Just 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 a thought there, and um, think before you react. He would always say to me. 
And I know, you know, certainly, you know, in the UK, the UK's had a very difficult last decade um, because, and not so much because of the economy, but certainly because of politics, because of the levels of violence in many of the cities has gone up. Um, a lot against racial minorities. There, there seems to be issues with policing as well. I know, obviously, Russ, south of the border, you know, you're dealing with, Mr., Mr., you know, our friend, Mr. Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, even here in Toronto, we've had a terrible, terrible year with, you know, we had a, uh, 10 people killed and some guy, a maniac in a van decided to mow him down. Um, we've had record number of murders and, and stabbings. And I, I think my point here is that, um, you know, we live in a violent world and um, you, you may, we need to do a better job of, 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 of looking after each other and being good to each other. At the start of the show, you talked about, um, you know, you talked about me as father. Yes. And, you know, that's the other side of the coin, a loyal fan who's gone out to support you know, the team he's loved and he's passed away tragically young and nothing is greater than life. And um, although we're angry and, and we're upset and we think should be, things should be done because society dictates that often things are done, you know, you have to trust the processes and procedures of the club that they know what to do in terms of an incident like this. But going on Instagram accounts and using the N-word liberally um, and just coming out with these just disgusting comments are, are so reprehensible. And I, and I always say, well, you know, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Would you say that sort of language to your mother? Is this something you would you would say to your kids? No, I just no. I think we, everybody needs to take a step back. And for those fans, you know, that, that, that did this, I hope they this morning they they reflect on this. And as angry as we all are yeah. with what happened yesterday, they realise you know the folly of their ways and, and learn from that because there are kids that go and have Instagram. And then we have many, many Fulham supporters who are children. So we want to set an example, and we've got to trust that the club are going to know what to do best. It's a family club, and that type of uh, disgusting display is just horrible. And uh, I hope whoever did that learns from it and does not do that again. And it's just – it's terrible. you know. And, again, I, I can separate what I talked about. The booing is one thing, and that's horrible in itself. It's – the Instagram stuff, that's a different level, and that is just reprehensible, as I keep saying. It's just horrible. All right, Giannis, I think done a good job of talking about this whole mess, the fiasco. Mm-hmm. But let's now talk about something good. Let's talk about how the match ended. Let's go right there. Well, we scored a goal and we won the game. <laughs> um, brilliant tic-tac-toe. Uh, Kearney, um, beautiful ball, lovely run from... Uh, Sess, beautiful, accurate pass to Mitro, then back of the net. And all is forgiven, Russ. Yes. Absolutely, Giannis. You know, it's funny. I, w- I was thinking about this while I was watching it, and great goal by Mitro, but let's talk about Sess. His pass reminded me of the pass from the championship final. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, and it was um, it was reminiscent of a, a game about, five, I think, four or five years ago uh, up at Tottenham uh, that uh, Berbatov scored. It shows, you know, our best three players in action, devastating counter-attacking move. Huddersfield had no chance. Uh, got a bit of luck with the ball going through Lussell's uh, legs, but uh, fantastic finish and... Um, and uh, what a way to end a, what was a, lot, a very, very crazy last 10 minutes. 
Absolutely, Giannis. And what was going through your mind watching this? Because I was, uh, just let's say ecstatic would be the word to describe me. Yeah, ecstatic and a lot of relief because um, a lot of relief and 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 little little bittersweet as well because of what had happened previous to that. I mean, if if uh, yep. it wouldn't have been as dramatic had young Mister Camera allowed Mitro to take the penalty. Of course, you right. know we're assuming that he'd have scored the penalty, um, but uh, it was it was a little bittersweet. But um, twenty four hours after after the fact, the magnitude of the um, the win cannot be lost. It's just, you know, unfortunately it was one of those ends of games where the, the major talking point was, you know, something that wasn't, something that went very, very badly wrong, that cast the club in a, in a, in a poor light. And that's, and we never want that. No, I totally agree, Giannis. And, and listen, it was, you know, again, I was ecstatic, but I agree with you. It was also relief and uh, boy, the club needed it. They're now in it. I thought that they needed to win this match to keep them close to the teams around them, and they got it done, and that, that's the bottom line. It was just a wonderful goal, and uh, huge credit to Ryan Sessegnon, of course, Mitrovic, and we also have to just give credit to uh, Tom Kearney, who I thought played very well in the second half. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that, and Dennis Adoy yeah. as well. That's where it all began. So it was just a great situation all around. It was actually a team goal. So let's just call it that because it wasn't just two players. It was a few players that were involved in this. And Fulham got all three points, and uh, thankfully they did. All right, my friend. Let's now go to man of the match. I'm curious who you have as your man of the match. I'm just going to read some comments from the Cottage Talk Facebook page because I asked a question. And let's start with Emilio. He actually has Dennis Adoy as his man of the match. Stuart Hartnell has Sessignon. Dean Rozier has Adoy. Robert Kent has Mitrovic. Sam Courtney, Adoy. Val Colossi said, Mitro, Adoy, and agree Sess must start with Mitro. We always look better. Steve Brian Faulkner, Sess must start every game with Mitro. They have a telepathic understanding, one which saved us yesterday. Sean Burke. Mitro, Arunut Chatterjee, Mitro, Stephen Fulm Wheatley, Sess, Daniel Bilinicic has Mitro, and that does it for the people that had man of the match that actually left a message for man of the match. Giannis, to you, who's your man of the match? Dimitar Fotheringham. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Adoy. I thought Adoy was brilliant yesterday, enough, taking nothing away from Mitro. Okay. Uh, led the line brilliantly, but Adoy looked accomplished. The, you know, there was the switch at half time with Morrison going off and Lamarchon coming on. Um, he went on a couple of really nice runs. I thought he had a very good game yesterday, and he got. I think he got. Didn't he get a bang in the chops as well for his troubles? There's things about bangs yeah. and bang in the chops. Chops. Do we know anything about Morrison's injury? Uh, by the way, um, I the last that I heard, Giannis, is that. Alfie Mawson could potentially miss some time. I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I've actually read somewhere that, that this might be him missing some some games. I have no idea beyond that. Well, it's going to be interesting then because with the transfer deadline um, window, the transfer window opening up on Tuesday, um, this is going to hasten our, you know, our bid to pick up a, a, another centre-back and pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I was wondering. I, may, I asked the question because I'm wondering if there had been any residue from the you know the Rico challenge against against Wolves and whether 
there was anything post-concussive that just made me wonder if there was something something potentially going on there because that was that was quite the challenge there for sure right it was uh, you know again i've read it as as a knee issue so I, i'm not sure but that's what i read okay sounds like a plan now adoy was i thought was superb yesterday okay so, okay so you you have dennis adoy i have mitro for me you know it's more than the goal like we're talking about it's the leadership i i think he just showed uh that he is a, a full player, cares about the team, and showed itself on the pitch. So for me, the man of the match goes to Alexander Mitrovic. All right, Giannis, real quick, give me a reading for Claudio Ranieri in this match. Seven. Um, you know, thank God he kept Sherlock on the bench. He brought Vieta in as well as he had to give him a bit of time. Didn't start camera, didn't start Sess. But did give them some time, maybe got away with it, should have brought Sesson, maybe last 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Le Marchand did well when he came on. Um, we got the victory in the end, even though the first half was, was, was tepid at best. So I would give him a seven. Okay, excellent. All right, my friend, let's wrap this up with your final thoughts. Uh, I think... Um, the, Next 48 hours is going to be critical. What's going to happen to Cameron? Is he going to be? How is he going to be punished? Is it going to be monetary? I don't suspect he'll be part of the lineup on Tuesday, and I don't think he'll be playing next Saturday against Oldham in the Cup. Um, so we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, secondly, um, hoping that Scotty Parker, you know, he was, he was a captain at uh, Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs, and obviously with us, can sit down with Kenny and, and explain to him the nuances of club captaincy and what he should and shouldn't have done yesterday. Um, and and sort of linked to that, will he be the club captain moving forward? I'd argue that he lost a lot of the you know respect, lost the dressing room with his inability to step in with Camaragate, in which case um, Mitro, uh, I think um, Mitro probably deserve, deserves the job right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Some decisions to make um, for what's going to be a difficult game up at, uh, to, uh, to the Emirates, notwithstanding the fact that Callum Chambers won't be available to us either right? Um, because of the loan situation. Having said that, uh, this might be an opportunity for someone like um, uh, Ibrahim Assise to come in. Um, I'd like to see that. Um, not Angie, so please. Um, and then see if we can rejig the, the lineup. It's going to be an interesting game because the Gunners got clobbered right. by Liverpool yesterday. Um, and now they're they're a little bit adrift, and they'll be shell shocked. And we should be buoyed by our win yesterday. And um, Ranieri is a very very good man manager. So, so even though it's only seventy two hours between games, he's gonna he'll have them ready for the game on Tuesday. And I'm looking forward to it. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's great show, fantastic show. Before we go, just want to mention Happy New Year to everyone. Again, uh, let's see what happens with Fulham in the second half of the season, but. It is New Year, so I wish you and your families a wonderful New Year. But let's wrap this up. For Jan Shanaeus and Russ Coleman, thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.